Um, if you have a Bible with me, uh, with you, would you like to uh, turn with me just for a moment or two to the book of Numbers? Welcome this evening. It's great to see you. It really is. And uh, the first of each month uh, of our evening gatherings, we call it Revive. Uh, it's a, a time for renewal, restoration, refreshing. And that's this evening, our Revive evening is an opportunity. I mean, every time we gather together is to be open to God, and we understand that. But we particularly focus on being restored, renewed, uh, refreshed in the things that God has for us and your life, my life and our lives as a church together. And that's where we shall be going this evening. I want to speak of the power of one just for a few moments, and then we're going to come and pray together. And there'll be an opportunity for time for prayer, for healing, prayer for people as well. So that's where we're sort of going this evening. If you have a Bible with you, Numbers chapter 14 and verse 24, speaking about a man called Caleb. Caleb was an amazing man, a fantastic man, an incredible man, who stood against the tide of opinion in his day. He was able to stand up for himself and for God. He had the ability to stand up for that which he believed and was convicted uh, in. Uh, He was uh, able, he understood the power of one, of one man uh, open to the challenge that God has for you and for me. And he understood this. And we read this about his life when he um, stood against the tide of opinion against to that which he had. He saw something that God could do when a group of people said God could never do. And uh, we read in Numbers chapter 14, I'm reading from the NIV, and uh, verse 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Because my Caleb, my, my, my servant Caleb has a different spirit... Um, Then if you will come with me to the book of Acts, and we're going to look at another person who understood the power of one in God. You know, one with God is a majority. I know we say that, but it is so true. And I don't know if sometimes in your life you feel a bit overwhelmed in your home life, in your family life, maybe in married life, things aren't going the way you'd hoped. Perhaps at college, at school, things aren't going the way that you'd hoped. Maybe in our church, in your church life, things don't go the way. Maybe at work, you know, we can be overwhelmed by the tide of circumstance and the tide of opinion. But you, you with God, with God and the power of the Spirit, Holy Spirit and Lord Jesus Christ, working in your heart and through your life is a majority. It's amazing. It's true. We see that in Caleb. We're going to look at that in a minute. Now look at this. In the book of Acts... And um, chapter 6, we read of a man called Stephen, something that someone that Andrew has been speaking about and, uh, over the last few weeks, and our youth pastor. And look at this with me. It says in verse 1 of Acts, the power of one. In those days, there were a number of disciples was increasing. The Grecian Jews among the pe- uh, people complained against the Hebraic Jews because their uh, widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples uh, together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom, and we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith 
in the Holy Spirit. If we come a bit further down, there's a number of other people, but it's Stephen that I want to major on. In verse 7, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Verse 8, now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, and then the story um, continues. But Stephen was a man who was able to stand against the tide of opposition and the opinion of his day to go against the flow. How easy it is to go with the flow. How easy it is to not um, upset the apple cart, as it were, if the tide of opinion in the age in which we now live. Um, But Stephen was a man because he was full of grace, wisdom, and full of the person and power of the Holy Spirit. Very similar, do you notice, to the man Caleb. It says, Caleb is a man of a different spirit. He was a man full of the hand, grace, wisdom, and the spirit, the power and spirit of God. A man called William Wilberforce, some years ago, a few centuries ago, amazing man, Wilberforce, he was a young man, a rich, wealthy young man, became a Christian, sort of in the... 1830s, something like that, Um, became became a believer, and he began to devote his life to good good causes. He began to think to himself, I need to make a difference in life. And so he he, he found evangelical faith, but he was born again, soundly born again, converted and born again. And um, as his life went on, he began to give himself to good causes. And then um, uh, he really laid hold of um, the theme of slavery, and looked upon it as something that was not right in God. And in, at that time in our nation, um, the growing empire, the growing British empire, was founded upon slave labor and the slave trade. And so he began to dedicate and give his life to the uh, um, abolition of slavery. And so people said to him, you'll never do it. You'll never, you know, you'll never be able to make a change. How are you going to change? The whole empire is founded upon this. It was, a, it was um, an industry and money was being made. And uh, they said, you'll have to become a politician. People of the day and, and wealthy people were saying, so exactly that's what he did. He got himself involved in the political life of the nation. And he spent over 20 years, 20 plus years, it's more than that actually, but over 20 years of his life was given until ultimately slavery was abolished in this nation. It was really, he just about saw it on his deathbed, slavery was abolished in the nation. He understood what it was, what it is, to go against the tide of it. The power of one man. One man. An amazing man. In hindsight, we can look back now and think, what an amazing man Wilberforce was. We've got history on our side. But at the time, he was just another person like you or me. Just like you and just like me. But he understood something, that one with God is a majority. And we need people like that today. You know, in the evangelical revolution at that time, there were men and women who stood up and said, we can do it in God. And there was a great move in our nation. We need, just like you and me today, God's calling for us to stand in him. A man called John F. Kennedy in 1961, this is the power of having a sense of belief, uh, changing tack a little, not necessarily a believer or a Christian man, uh, brought up in a Catholic home, but we're not sure where he stood in his uh, uh, eternal state. But in 1961, John F. Kennedy made an amazing speech. At that time, the United States of America was smarting a little bit because the Russians were ahead in the space race. They were putting men into orbit and, and they were 
ahead of the United States. And so uh, uh, the West began to fear that the, the, um, the Iron Curtain, the Russian Empire at that time, would, um, be in the ascend- was in the ascendancy. And John F. Kennedy made an amazing speech. I wasn't around at that time, before my time. Some of you perhaps remember that incredible speech that he made. You can look at it on YouTube. It's quite fantastic. And he said this. He said that there will come a day when the United States of America will put a man on the moon. We'll not only fly to the moon, but we'll land on the moon. And it, the people were saying, ha, 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 ha. And the scientists of the day were saying, said, said to him, there isn't any rocket fuel. If you read between the lines and read the story, they said, there isn't any rocket fuel yet on the face of this planet that would take us there. So he said, we'll invent it. Kennedy, in anecdotal story, said, let's invent it then. In 1969, in 1961, he said this, and people said, and and the NASA scientists said, it's just not feasible. We haven't got the technology. It's just not, we can't be done. But in 1969, Neil Armstrong, a man walked out on, I was talking about this, about stepping out onto the moon and, and, you know, and, and walked on the moon. John F. Kennedy was an amazing man. He understood. He changed the course of history. Kennedy was quite a spectacular character. Wouldn't agree with his lifestyle and everything that he got up to. But quite an amazing man. One man. The power of one. He had a sense of vision. He saw possibilities before they became apparent. That's the power of vision. And in God, if you can see possibilities, when we have vision in God... And see possibilities before they become apparent. Caleb was a man like that. Wilberforce was a man like that. And the Bible's full of men and women who saw possibilities in God before they became apparent. Now, I want to show you a little bit of film. Have a look at this. It's the power of one. You know, that little boy made a difference. It's the power of one. Now, he didn't push, you know, there he was pushing that tree. Everyone there is looking at what should be done and saying, I hate India and I, this is awful. And they're saying what should be done and pointing what should be done. And they're experts on what should be done. The little boy tries and struggles on his own, thinking that I'll try and push this out the way. But, you know, it had a knock-on effect that caused others to think, wow, if he can do it, I'll give it a go. And together they made a difference. But it's the power of changing history. It's the course of events that can be changed through just one life. Now that's a bit of a motivational video, but there is a power in God. One with God is a majority, and in God we can make a difference. It's more than just a bit of positive um, action in life, but in God we can make a huge difference, as I mentioned about Wilberforce. Now Caleb, moving on swiftly as we just got a few moments and then we're going to come pray together. But we see of Caleb... In Numbers um, chapter 13 and and then in Joshua chapter 14, in Numbers 13, Caleb's about sort of uh, 40, 45 years of age. He's he's about around about that age. And he stands against the tide in Numbers 14 uh, of opinion that said that we could not. The spies and a group of spies said there's no way that we can take this land. But Caleb says if God says we can do it, surely with God we can do it. And so Caleb comes back and says to uh, Moses and the leaders of the day, he stood against the tide and with a sense of courage and conviction, he stood against the tide of opinion of his day and said, if God says that we can do it, we can surely do it. Caleb, it says of God, God says of Caleb, he had a spirit that was different. It was full of the spirit of courage and conviction. And, um, and then we find um, in Joshua 14, verse 10, Caleb says, I'm 85 years of age. This is some 40, 45 years later. And when the people of Israel are taking their promise in Joshua 14, and God's, uh, 
he says, I'm 85 years of age and I've still got strength and give me my, my inheritance and I'll give me the hard, the hard hill country, he says. And I've still got strength to take hold of my promise. There's something about having a heart for God and we can make a huge difference, irrespective of your age. And I've used that um, illustration there because Caleb was 85 years of age. It's not just for a young people thing or a little boy thing or a little girl thing, but it's a, something that irrespective of our age, we can come and give our hearts and lives to God. With Caleb, there was vision and he had vigor and he had valor. Vision. With Caleb, there was vision. He could see, he said, if God says we can do it, we will surely do it. Wilberforce had vision. He could see that this was not right in God to have um, uh, uh, slavery. And he saw that this was something that had to be abolished. That was his vision. With Caleb, he saw that God says we can possess this. That was his vision. J.F. Kennedy had vision. He said we can land on the moon. He saw it before it became apparent. That is vision. But the best vision is to have a vision in God. A vision in God. And so we see with... um, Caleb, he had vision. And so you and I is to be the same today, is to have our vision that God gives us. What can we see that God could do in and through your life and our lives? Second thing that he had, there was vigor, spiritual vigor. It says, God says of Caleb, he had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. The spirit of God was in his heart. And at the age of 85 in Joshua chapter Um, 14, he says, I've still got the same strength. Give me the hill country. Give me the hill country. That is supernatural strength and vigor, spiritual vigor. And he possessed the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God in his heart. And finally, he had valor, courage. It says of uh, Caleb said, I will stand against the tide of opinion that says you're wrong. We'll get you. We're right. You've got to have courage. There comes a moment when we have vision and we possess the Spirit of God, that you have to stand up and do something about it. Even if it doesn't seem to be apparent right now, there was valor, courage. Same with Carey, uh, uh, Wilberforce rather. Wilberforce had to have courage. He felt like giving up many a time as people shouted him down and said he'd never come to anything. And um, each time that he would go to bring um, an act and look to move in Parliament, it would be voted down. Courage, courage. Um, uh, a sense of valor. When we look at Stephen, the same three things come up again in his heart. Vision. It says that uh, um, uh, 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 Stephen had a, a vision for God and in God to see what needed to be done in God. He would reach out to those that didn't know God. He had a sense of vision. He had um, vigor, spiritual vigor. We see in Stephen, it says that he was a man full of the Spirit of God. Grace and wisdom. Later on it goes on to say he was a man full of the Holy Spirit. Men and women are marked out. They have vision. They have vigor. They're full of the Spirit. A sense of laying hold of what, letting God lay hold of them. And he had valor. It was Stephen. He was a man of great courage. He stood against the tide even when he was threatened and he ultimately lost his life. The first, one of the first martyrs of the church, the early church. You know, in that video, that we, the little film that we just looked at, that little boy had a vision. This is to be moved. When everyone else said, cool, look at that in the middle of the road. It can be a picture of church life, can't it? 
let's move the old organ or whatever it is or move whatever it is out of the way. He had a vision to do something, little boy. And then he um, had a sense of vigor. He actually did something about it. People were laughing at him. You could imagine the laughter there would have been. A little boy in the rain. And, but also there was in his heart um, would be a sense of valor, courage. Uh, valor, uh, encouraged to go and do something. Has a knock-on effect. I tell you what, if you as a person will lay hold of vision, you allow the Spirit of God to fill your heart with vigor and spiritual strength, the Holy Spirit, be full of the Spirit, then step up and do something for God and have courage, you'll be an amazing person to be around. At work, at school, at college, in our church, in our neighborhood. You and me, we can make the difference. You know, with God, we are a majority. If you change your life, you can change the world. Change your heart and life in God, and we can change the world. We really can. We've been uh, anaesthetized to be silent. All the small pressure groups that are in our nation, they get things done in Parliament. You know, the gay rights lobbying Parliament, they get things done. They have a vociferous voice. They speak out with vision. They speak out with vigor, and they speak out with valor. But the church of God needs to rise. The church of God rise up. You know, you could be that person that makes a difference. I can be that person that makes a difference. We're not hyping it up. We're not talking it up. It's a fact as we read the Bible and we look at church history. God can do great things in you. Don't make a difference. Be the difference. Oh, and what a little buzzword that could be. Don't make a difference, but be the difference. I was speaking about that this morning at Long Eaton School when we met together about the incarnation. Jesus wasn't, um, didn't just show the way, he was the way, became the way. And so we don't just make a difference, we, we become, we are the difference. Be the difference at school, be the difference at college, be the difference in our church. Don't go with the crowd, be the difference at home. I know that's difficult. I know that's a challenge. I'm sure that you will have things that come against you. There'll be disappointments ahead. There might be circumstance. We might find that our strength gives up. But with God, we are an amazing majority. The key is being of a different spirit. Being a spirit of God, not the spirit of the age in the world in which we live. We can succumb to the atmosphere and environment and culture of our day. So many good things in the culture of our day. But we succumb and anaesthetize. But God wants us to rise up again and shake our hearts. He wants to stir in our spirits. And with Stephen, with Caleb, with Wilberforce, they were full of the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit stirring up their hearts and their minds. Let's pray together. Perhaps if the worship team could come back, that would be great. I'd appreciate that. And while we are... Uh, We're just going to sing God is Able again as we conclude tonight. That would be a great song. God is able and is able through and in you. And I'm not just saying something to stir it all up because I think that I just know. I I believe that in my own life, um, God could do something different in, in and through me. And there are many a times I've felt like giving up. Many a time. I could show you in my own quiet place. There are many a time. But there's something about having a vision. Seeing the possibilities of God in your life, your family, for your family to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, your neighborhood perhaps. There's something about having spiritual vigor, the Holy Spirit stirring up in our hearts to be filled with the Spirit. I believe there's something about being filled with the Holy Spirit tonight and um, laying hold of courage. 
Perhaps you need courage. Perhaps tonight you're here and you need the, the stirring of the Holy Spirit to, to flood your heart and life again, to ignite something in your heart. I don't know. Perhaps you're here. You've become accustomed and the fires have grown a bit dim. Don't beat yourself up. God is an amazing God. Heavenly Father, we open up our hearts to you tonight. We say that you are indeed an amazing, incredible Lord. Wonderful Father God. We come before you with hearts that are open. Some of us have hearts that are broken. Some of us are hearts that are hurting. Some of us are hearts and become disillusioned, perhaps along the way. Others of us, hearts brimming and bursting with love and joy. We come to you, O God, and we just say we give our lives afresh. Forgive me, Lord, if I've let my heart grow dim. If I've succumbed to the age in which I live and I've gone along with the crowd. I don't want to go along with the crowd, but I want to stand against the tide of this age. I want to stand up for you, Lord. I'm not going to stand on the soapbox, but I'm going to stand up for you. I'm going to stand in you, O God. I pray that your spirit would just fill and flood my heart afresh, O God. Lord, would you, I fan into flame, fan into flame, perhaps an ember, perhaps a vision that I once had. Perhaps I've become accustomed and I've sat back, but I come, oh God, with that sense of hope and passion in you, of the possibilities that there are in your life. I pray for the young and the old. I pray for the newest believer and the believer who's been on the road a long time. And we pray as a church, Father God, here, that we don't just sit back and become accustomed. But Lord, you would stir something fresh in our hearts and in my life. Oh, Father God, we come to you with an open heart, fresh vision, spiritual vigor, and courage and valor. I embrace all that you have tonight in Jesus' name with an open heart. Let's stand together, shall we? Sing this song together. God is able. He's able to do some amazing things in your life and family. Are you worried about your husband or your wife? Are you worried about your children or college or school? Are you concerned in life and church, in home and family, aspirations? Let's just lift up his name over all of these things. But most of all, let's just open up our hearts and say, Lord, stir something afresh in me. I want to be that one. I want to not just um, stand. I don't want to make a difference. I want to be the difference. If that's you, lift up your heart to God and be the difference perhaps tonight. You might not think you can do it. Well, you can't. I can't. But he can. God is able.